Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Oceans 8 in today's statistics episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. Oceans 8. Uh, came out over the past weekend, finally got around to seeing it. I was very excited for this movie. It got above average reviews. It's fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. I had heard mm, mixed to good things about the movie, so I was excited. Um, you know, I wasn't thinking... I, I ultimately ended up not being able to go in hoping it would be like one of my favorite movies of the year, but I did go in, you know, with some expectations and, and expected to have a lot of good fun, good time, the whole thing. And... For what it's worth, I think the film is is enjoyable, at minimum. Um, unfortunately, I have a lot of other issues with the movie. Uh, like I said, this is a, a statistics episode, not a review episode, so I'm going to make this very succinct. I think that in a movie that has at least three characters less than Ocean's Eleven, based on the title alone, uh, it manages to give the vast majority of its characters, little to no personality. Uh, I, you know, talking with my girlfriend after coming out of the movie, I was like, I asked her, what's your, who's your favorite? Who is your favorite character? And she's like, in her, she didn't answer at first. She hesitated, then asked me my favorite character. And I also hesitated because there are so few characters that are three-dimensional in this movie. They have very, <coughs> they, excuse me, they have very little personality, in my opinion, uh, which is a shame. Um, uh, it's a shame, you know, I, these are all incredibly talented actors, and they deserve much better. Uh, I would love to see them play these roles again in a better movie with, with better writing and better direction, but uh, alas, tis not so. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's kind of my general feeling on the movie, and uh, let's get into some stats, shall we? All right, Ocean's 8. Saw it June 12th, 2018. Uh, clocked it at 104 minutes, an hour and 44 minutes. So uh, a good a good runtime, you know. Uh, I think that's about where it should have been. It's a 2018 film. My summary, eight con women joined together to steal a necklace. Uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, obviously, there's far more to the movie than that, but that's that's about the gist of it. I gave it a 41. Uh, so, yeah, again, not awful. Not an awful movie. And not something I'm going to say, don't go see, because there's there's stuff, there's something there. You know, I laughed a couple of times. Um, and, oh my goodness, the costumes are, are to die for. The the design, oh man, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, the movie ends up falling between uh, six balloons above it, with a 42, and uh, the Netflix movie Benji and Candy Jar at 40 below it. Uh, currently has a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I'm uh, significantly lower than it, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. This is the fourth film in Soderbergh's Oceans franchise. Uh, no longer call it a trilogy because this movie is, as far as I'm aware, canon uh, in the George Clooney Oceans movies. Uh, unfortunately, it ranks as number four in that series for me, 
Uh, my personal ranking goes 11, 13, 12, and now 8 at the bottom. Uh, so that's where that's at. Moving on to the director. Director of Ocean's 8 is Gary Ross, uh, who I, I found his direction very mediocre, which is interesting because uh, of the other movies of his that I've seen, I've actually been kind of... Uh, not, I guess I, I wouldn't say he has like flashy or, or, or direction that stands out, but I, I've been far more entertained. Uh, so this is the fourth movie of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 67.75. It is the only film of his rated between 25 and 49 and ranks as his fourth best movie coming in behind Seabiscuit. Uh, it has a, he has a value of two, score of 47.17, and is now ranked 241st overall tied with ken russell director of the devils women in love and tommy so uh you know seabiscuit isn't a great movie but it just it from, from my recollection uh, it's been quite some time since i've seen it but it has so much more energy to it uh you know it actually i i was excited watching when i watched seabiscuit the handful of times i've seen it and you know, I went into Ocean's 8 excited, and I kind of left feeling a little lackluster. The writing for Ocean's 8. Uh, Gary Ross, credited as a writer as the, on this as well. Uh, this is his sixth film as a writer, dropping his average film rating to a 74.33. It is his only film rated between 25 and 49, and his sixth and worst movie overall, coming in behind, again, Seabiscuit. Uh, must not have been approaching on the blind side of Seabiscuit. Um, terrible joke. Also credited as a writer for Ocean's 8 is Olivia Milch. This is the second film that I've seen that she is a write, has a writing credit on. It improves her average film rating to a 37.5 and is the second film of hers rated between 25 and 49. As her best film, it comes in ahead of uh, a film called Dude. She has a value of negative 2, a score of 16.75, and is ranked 4,354th overall, tied with uh, Tom Wolfe, who wrote The Right Stuff, Charles B. Griffith, who wrote um, The Little Shop of Horrors, uh, and uh, the writers of Superman Returns, as well as X-Men Apocalypse. And um, Gary Ross, to go back to him as a writer, uh, I missed some of his stats. Uh, he has a value of 5.5, a score of 61.25, and is ranked 84th overall. One spot behind Orson Welles, one spot ahead of Robert Bolt. Robert Bolt, Oscar-winning writer for Dr. Zhivago, A Man for All Seasons, and nominated for Lawrence of Arabia. But let's get into the actors, because as far as I was concerned, they were the draw, right? Like... Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Rihanna, Aquafina, Sarah Paulson, Mindy Kaling. Uh, I feel like I'm missing one. Uh, Anne Hathaway. They're the draw, right? Did I say Anne Hathaway twice? Mm. Helena Bonham Carter is the name I was missing there. But so, so here. Mm, I don't know, maybe mild spoilers. I don't know. It, there's there's a couple of like cameos, but I, I don't. They're not super um, impactful on the plot, the best of my knowledge. So, leading the way, we have uh, Miss Kate Blanchett as the character Lou, 
basically the Brad Pitt character of the Ocean's 8 universe. This is her 40th film credit that I've seen. She has hit the big 4-0. Uh, it drops her average film rating to a 65.63. Uh, it is her 8th film, rated between 25 and 49, and ranks as her 34th best movie overall. Coming in behind The Hobbit, colon, The Battle of the Five Armies, and ahead of Robin Hood. Uh, this drops her value to a 20.5, her score to an 83.00, and her rank to 12th overall. This puts her one spot behind Brad Pitt, whose character she was basically aping, and one spot ahead of Tilda Swinton. Next up is uh, Helena Bonham Carter, whose character was Rose Wheel uh, in the movie. Uh, this Weil, Rose Weil, uh, this is her 45th film credit and drops her average film rating to a 63.07. It is her 11th film, rated between 25 and 49, and ranks as her 35th best movie overall, coming in behind Lady Jane and ahead of Turks and Caicos. She has a value of 19 now and a score of 79.38, ranking her 22nd overall, one spot behind Frances McDormand, one spot ahead of Leonardo DiCaprio. Next up is Elliot Gould, reprising his role from the original Ocean's Trilogy. <coughs> this is his 18th film credit. Drops his average film rating to a 61.78. It is his fourth film, rated between 25 and 49, and 15th best movie overall, coming in behind Bugsy and ahead of The Muppets Take Manhattan. He has a value of 6, a score of 61.6, and is ranked 431st overall, tied with Amy Madigan, one spot behind Dub Taylor, um, who was in the original A Star is Born, and Bonnie and Clyde, and one spot ahead of Alia Shawcat. Alia Shawcat. Next up is Mindy Kaling. This is her 15th film credit and drops her average film rating to a 60 even. So her fifth film rated between 25 and 49 and is her 11th best movie overall, coming in behind The Night Before and ahead of another 2018 release, A Wrinkle in Time. She has a value of 4.5 and a score of 57.44, ranking her 727th overall. Uh, this puts her one spot behind Edna Perviance, one spot ahead of Doris Lloyd, both uh, very, very old, born before 1900 uh, actors. Next is Sarah Paulson. This is her 12th film credit and drops her average film range to a 58.67. It is her fourth film, rated between 25 and 49. And it is her 10th best movie overall, coming in behind New Year's Eve and ahead of Hashtag Twitter Kills, which is a short film I watched today. Uh, she has a value of 2, a score of 52.29, and is ranked 1,156th overall, behind Rita Moreno and Eva Gabor, and ahead of Louis Calhern. Lewis Calhern in uh, the Marx Brothers movie, Duck Soup. Next up is Anne Hathaway. This is her 30th film credit and 
drops her average film rating to a 54.23. It is the eighth film of hers that is rated between 25 and 49, and the 22nd film of hers overall. Coming in behind her voice role in Rio 2, and ahead of Becoming Jane. It drops her value to a negative 0.5, and her score to a 50.34. She is ranked 1,366th overall, just behind John Hawks, just ahead of Chad Lindbergh, who was in October Sky, The Rookie, and The Fast and the Furious. That is the first Fast and Furious movie, I believe. Never get those movies straight. Next up is Griffin Dunn. This is his 13th film credit. Drops his average film rating to a 54.77. It is his 6th film, rated between 25 and 49, and ninth best movie overall, coming in behind War Machine and ahead of Stuck on You. He has a value of negative 1.5 and a score of 45.97. He is ranked 1,879th overall, behind a bunch of people, Tied above him, including um, Dominic Monaghan from um, Mary from Lord of the Rings. And he is one spot ahead of Josh Pence, who is in The Dark Knight Rises and La La Land and The Social Network. Next up is Doris McCarthy. This is her 10th film credit and drops her average film rating to a 53.5. It is her third film rated between 25 and 49 and seventh best movie overall, coming in behind Rough Night and ahead of The Girl on the Train. She drops her value to a negative 0.5 and has a score of 44.08, ranking her 2,119th overall. One spot behind Eliza, Eliza Schles- Schlesinger who is a stand-up comedian, Eliza Schlesinger. Schlesinger. Oh my goodness. Schlesinger. Because I think it's an ing. Schlesinger. Schlesinger. Oh boy. Uh, One spot ahead of Rosemary DeWitt. Rosemary DeWitt. Next up is Dakota Fanning. This is her 20th film credit. Drops her average film rating to a 50.7. It is her fifth film, rated between 25 and 49, and 14th best movie overall, coming in behind The Twilight Saga, colon, Eclipse, and ahead of The Escape. Drops her value to a negative 4, and a, her score to a 42.09, ranking her 2,389th overall, tied with Dale Dickey, One spot behind Dina Merrill and Elizabeth Debicki. And one spot ahead of Adam Devine. Devine? Devine. The guy from Pitch Perfect who's with Rebel Wilson's character. You know. Uh, Next up is Dana Ivey. This is her 12th film credit and drops her average film rating to a 50.67. It is her 5th film rated between 25 and 49 and 7th best movie overall. Coming in behind The Color Purple and ahead of Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Drops her value to a negative 3, her score to a 40.43, and she is ranked 2,597th overall. Tied with Colm Meany from The Damned United. Uh, she is one spot behind James Gleason, one spot ahead of Dana Gurrier. Dana Gurrier. 
Next up is Richard Armitage, who is uh, woefully less less uh, imposing than Andy Garcia was in Ocean's Eleven. And they're not the exact same role, but like kind of similar. Andy Garcia is so much better. Anyway, uh, Richard Armitage, uh, this is his seventh film credit and drops his average film rating to a 53 even. It is his third film rated between 25 and 49 and fifth best movie overall, coming in behind The Hobbit, colon, The Battle of the Five Armies and ahead of Alice Through the Looking Glass. Drops his value to a negative 1.5 and his score to a 39.72. He's ranked 2,692nd overall, just behind Phil Davis and Alan Dale, tied above him, and just ahead of Greg Kinnear, Oscar nominee Greg Kinnear, nominated for As Good As It Gets. Next up is Marco Kaka. It's not a made-up name. Uh, his role was European Fashion Guest. Doesn't even have a picture on IMDb. This is his 10th film credit, though, that I've seen. Drops his average film rating to a 50.1. He has four films, rated between 25 and 49. And is this is his seventh film overall, coming in behind last year's Wonderstruck and ahead of The Girl on the Train. Uh, drops his value to a negative 3. Score to a 38.75. He is ranked... 2,792nd overall, tied with Ian McShane, one spot behind Macaulay Culkin, and one spot ahead of John Cena Tiempo, who was in The Departed and True Romance and American Gangster. Next up is Brian Anthony Wilson. This is his sixth film credit and drops his average film rating to a 51.17. His second film rated between 25 and 49 and fourth best movie overall. Coming in behind Rounders and ahead of The Postman. Drops his value to a negative 1.5 and his score to a 36.88. Ranking him 3,023rd overall. One spot behind Hiroyuki Sanada and Lucas Till uh, tied with Gabare Sidibe and one spot ahead of Pablo Schreiber and John Grease. Next is Sandra Bullock. This is her 22nd film credit and drops her average film rating to a 48.05. It is her 10th film rated between 25 and 49 and ranks as her 12th best movie overall, coming in behind 28 days and ahead of The Heat. Drops her value to a negative 8 and her score to a 36.04, ranking her 3,122nd overall. Uh, that puts her just behind Jack Houston and just ahead of Lee Nicholas Harris. Lee Nicholas Harris, who was in Attack the Block, Skyfall, Rush, and Kingsman, The Secret Service. Next up is Heidi Klum. This is her fifth film credit and drops her average film rating to a 46.8. It is her second film rated between 25 and 49 and third best movie overall. Uh, coming, uh, She plays herself, coming in behind her other role as herself in Zoolander and ahead of a voice role she had in Hoodwinked 2! Hood vs. Evil great company uh <coughs> drops her value to a negative 1.5 and her score to a 31.93 she is ranked 3540th overall 
one spot behind a group of people including Anna Sophia Robb, and one spot ahead of Kelly Preston from uh, from Dusk Till Dawn. Next up is James Corden. This is his 14th film credit and drops his average film rating to a 42.5. He has this is his second film rated between 25 and 49 and eighth best movie overall, coming in behind his voice role in Trolls and ahead of his voice role in Trolls Holiday. He has a value of negative 6.5 and a score of 30.69, ranking him 3,646th overall. Uh, this puts him one spot behind Lenny Venito, who was in uh, the remake War of the Worlds by Spielberg, Men in Black 2, Rounders, uh, and Money Monster. And Corden is one spot ahead of Alex D. Linz, who was a voice in Tarzan, as well as the kid in Max Keeble's Big Move, the main main kid. Next up is Rihanna. This is her eighth film credit and uh, Im- increases her average film rating to a 40.63. It is her fifth film rate between 25 and 49 and fourth best movie overall. Coming in behind last year's Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets and ahead of her animated voice role in Home. She has a value of negative six, a score of 26.5, ranking her 3,975th. Overall, tied with Louis Anderson, Tyler Hoechlin, Hoechlin uh, and Jimmy Simpson. She is just behind Joseph Gilgan, who is in uh, Pride and The Last Witch Hunter. He might be more recognizable from his role in Misfits, the TV show, the UK show. Uh, Rihanna is one spot ahead of Lauren Lapkus, Alexis Bledel, Elizabeth Hurley, Paula Patton, and... Uh, Jason Sudeikis, all tied. <clears throat> Next is Aquafina. This is her fourth film credit, and it drops her average film range to a 43.25. It is her third film, rated between 25 and 49, and second best movie overall, coming in behind her voice role in Storks, and ahead of uh, Dude, the film written by... can't remember her name... But she wrote the movie, uh, Olivia Milch. The other, yeah, that one. Drops her film value to a negative 2.5 and her score to a 26.33. She is ranked 3,991st overall, tied with Douglas Fairbanks Jr. And one spot behind uh, Jason Sudeikis. So, you know, we're very close on this map here. And one spot ahead of Anna de Armas who is in Blade Runner 2049 as Joy. Next up is Katie Holmes playing herself. This is her 18th film credit and drops her average film rating to a 41.33. It is her third film rated between 25 and 49 and ninth best movie overall. Coming in behind Don't Be Afraid of the Dark and ahead of The Gift. She has a value of negative 11.5 and a score of 25.7, ranking her 4,035th overall. Uh, this puts her just behind George Hamilton, Dylan O'Brien, and Jake T. Austin, and just ahead of Jason Biggs and Ricky Gervais. Next is Jamie King. This is her 11th film credit and increases her average film rating to a 39 even. It is her 7th film rated between 25 and 49, and 5th best movie overall. 
coming in behind the spirit and ahead of red tails. Drops her value to a negative 8.5, her score to a 24.5, and her rank overall is 4,132nd. Tied with Olivia Newton-John, uh, Barry Bostwick, and one spot behind Billy Burke, who was just in Breaking In. It's out in theaters still, I think. And she is, and uh, Jamie King is one spot ahead of Christina Applegate. Next up is Maria Sharapova. Yes, the um, tennis player, the championship former number one in the world tennis player. This is her second film credit and uh, drops her average film range to a 49 even. It is her only film rated between 25 and 49 and worst film overall. Coming in behind the documentary about her, Maria Sharapova, colon, The Point. She has a value of negative one, a score of 23.5, and is ranked 4,185th overall, tied with Eric Mabius and a bunch of other people. Uh, she is one spot behind Rufus Sewell and one spot ahead of Marin Hinkle, who was in I Am Sam and Frequency. Next up is another tennis player, uh, Serena Williams. This is her third film credit. She plays herself. Uh, as does Maria Sharapova. Uh, this is Serena Williams' third film credit and drops her average film rating to a 42.33. It is her only film rated between 25 and 49. And the second best movie overall, coming in behind Seven Days in Hell, where she plays herself, and ahead of Pixels, where she plays herself. She has a value of negative 2 and a score of 23.4, ranking her 4,196th overall. Just one spot behind Melissa McCarthy, one spot ahead of George Went. Or no, one spot ahead of Emily Browning. My mistake. Next up is Olivia Munn playing herself. This is her 12th film credit and improves her average film range to a 34.67. It is her third film rated between 25 and 49 and fifth best movie overall. Coming in behind her animated role in the Lego Ninjago movie, and ahead of her role in Office Christmas Party. Drops her value to a negative 10, her score to a 19.71, which puts her rank at 4,373rd overall. One spot behind Andrew Lincoln from uh, The Walking Dead, and one spot ahead of Devin Sawa, <coughs> who was in Casper and The Little Giants. And that's it. Those are all the actors uh, it, that I have credited in this movie. Uh, I believe it ended up being 23, 23 people involved in Ocean's 8 that were on the spreadsheet. Big cast. Really, it really was. Really big cast. A lot of cameos, um, even beyond the ones I named that wouldn't really count as actors. And some of the ones I named don't quite count as actors either, but exceptions were made. Moving on to genre, Ocean's 8, getting a 41 rating from the year 2018. It is uh, an action, comedy, crime, thriller, according to uh, Wikipedia, uh, to IMDb. Wouldn't really call it a thriller. I guess I would call it an action crime comedy. <coughs> um, 
So, as an action movie, it drops the average rating of action movies to 51.9, drops the average rating of comedies to 52.81, and crime movies are rated 57.83. Crime, definitely the highest rated genre that Ocean's 8 was a part of, as it turns out. On the Bechtel test, passes with a 3 with flying colors. That's what happens when your cast is 90% women. And it is a PG-13 movie. No Academy Awards to speak of. I think the only thing it has a chance at is costume design. Uh, remains to be seen. Um, as far as the Circle of Film Awards, uh, it does make an appearance on there at the moment. It, it does slide in to the tactile race on the back of its costuming pretty much alone. Uh, I thought the sound wasn't particularly special. The production design was solid. Uh, and the makeup and hairstyling was also quite good. So, very strong tactile resume there for uh, Ocean's 8. Uh, and then moving on to the year of 2018. Uh, Ocean's 8 is one of the 89 films that I have seen released in 2018. It is also one of the 1,021 films that I have seen this calendar year. We are not halfway through the year and I've already seen over 1,000 uh, to put that in perspective, uh, my record is um, about 1,300 movies, just shy of 1,300 movies, which I watched last year, so I feel like I'm going to break that. It improves the average film rating of 2018 films to 36.09. It improves their tomato meter to 51.01. It, it is the 24th uh, action film. It is the 30th comedy and 14th crime movie that I've seen from 2018. Uh, it falls on the bad side of the good-bad film uh, ratio, dropping that ratio to 0.26, so one good film to every four bad films currently. Uh, unfortunately, as a three, it is part of the 59.55% of 2018 films that are threes on the Bechtel test. And it is the 33rd PG-13 film I've seen this year, uh, edging out R-rated movies for the time being, 33 to 31 currently, uh, which is great. I don't know if that's great, actually. I, I, I don't know that it matters. <laughs> Uh, finally, as a film rated 41, it is the 67th film I have seen that has been rated 41. Uh, to compare that to films from 2017 that this lines up with, we end up looking at films like Oklahoma City, which is a documentary about, uh, my summary, the story behind the bombing in the aforementioned city. So a bombing that took place in Oklahoma City, documentary about it. Uh, it also puts it on par with Kodachrome. Uh, which, uh, depending on who you are, you might be considering this a 2018 film. Uh, it counts as 2017 for me, but it it can be considered 2018. I think it's been streaming in 2018. Uh, puts it on par with Journey to the West, colon, The Demons Strike Back, as well as last year's Ghost in the Shell, uh, The Last, uh, Last Supper, which is a short film associated with Alien, colon, Covenant, and finally, another documentary, this one a documentary short, called Alone, which my summary is, a woman deals with marrying an incarcerated man. 
those are the films that Ocean's 8 finds itself in company with. Um, and that is Ocean's 8 and the statistics of that movie. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I've heard so many people uh, enjoying the movie and saying that they had a lot of fun with it. I think that's wonderful. I'm, I'm really happy. That's kind of the point of movies, that you enjoy them. You have a good experience. You, you uh, have fun hopefully, or you feel something, right? Like, that's the point. Uh, I That just isn't really what happened for me. Uh, Ocean's 8 currently is my 34th favorite film of the year, and uh, that's not good. Out of 89. So, a top half, I guess, top half in the first half of the year, likely. But that is... I can't say I'm going to go to bat for this movie, though. I, I will happily go to bat for the characters in it. I, I hope they make... It, I hope the movie makes enough money that they can make a sequel and get, like, a different team assembled around the movie. Because I think that's the biggest problem. I don't think there's any issue with the performances. All the performances were good. They just weren't enough to them. They didn't get enough to do. They weren't written well enough or deeply enough or, or with enough dimensions. Uh, which is f frustrating to say the least. Frustrating, to say the least. Um, I'd originally planned for the, today's episode to not be this ep about this, but this is what it has turned into, and uh, that's okay, too. I will be seeing Incredibles 2 in a IMAX double feature uh, today, Wednesday, as of the release of the episode, so I will definitely put out an Incredibles 2 episode on Friday. I it more than likely will be a review episode. I don't think the cast is quite big enough for a statistics episode, actually. Uh, and then I am 100% seeing Hereditary on Thursday, so I will have an episode for Hereditary on Monday, and then after that uh, will probably be the top 10 May films episode. Um, and uh, what goes on beyond that is a mystery to us all. So, Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to disagree uh, and uh, talk to me about Ocean's 8 and you think I missed something, happy to re happy to respond, happy to go over anything at all. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Circle of Film, or through email, circleoffilm at gmail.com. More than happy to uh, talk about whatever you want. If you would like to support me or the show, you can do that on patreon.com slash circleoffilm. For as little as eight cents an episode, uh, and there are a bunch of benefits that come along with those things. And if you would like to check out the rest of the episodes, uh, look at the current Circle of Film Awards for 2018 lineup, uh, or or just peruse data uh, related to not just the podcast, but the spreadsheet that I keep as well. You can check that out at CircleOfFilm.com uh, for that and much more. And that's it. Thank you again for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view.